Blog Talk Radio. Shalom, shalom, shalom. 
And welcome to the show, man. Good afternoon. I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapah, man. I apologize. I apologize, man. It's been a very eventful, uh, busy morning, man, so where I had to push the show back. Uh, once again, brothers and sisters, I apologize for that, y'all. Um, <clears throat> if it's your first time tuning into the show, uh, welcome, man, to um, ISBHPK Presents Bible Talk. Uh, hold on for a second, y'all. I'm trying to get situated. Uh, I want to send shouts out to the 12 tribes worldwide, man, to all Israel, man. Uh, no matter what camp you in, no matter what uh, congregation you with, or if you call yourself an assembly or whatever, the, whatever it might be, man, want to send shouts out to you brothers and sisters and say shalom, man. Also send shouts out to our brother school up in uh, VA, H-Town, uh, Rochester, and uh, shouts out to the brothers here in San Antonio, and shouts out to Kyle Cobb down in Guatemala, man. If you haven't got the opportunity, man, to check, um, make sure my volume is turned up. If you haven't got the opportunity, man, to check the Zakia's page out, man, the ISBHBK, um, the five minutes of wisdom, man, is fire, man. I mean, it really is uh, insightful. It's very informative. And you can actually learn a lot from what the brother is on there talking about, man. And um, I had checked it out when they first started it, man. But it had been a while since I've been on to check it out. And it's just to see how much it's grown and what he's added to to it. Um, I was thoroughly impressed, man. The brother's really doing some good works, man. But uh, like I said, there's some great topics on there that are like, he's talking about real stuff, man. There's the topic on there he's got about um, raising children. There's another topic um, he's got on there about love, which was excellent as well, man. All of them are great. Um, I actually sent that one to my mother. Because um, that one just it stuck out to me And it just made me think of her But uh, he was just going into how um, You can't love others unless you love yourself And before you can love yourself You have to forgive yourself So that's the gist of what he was talking about On that particular episode of 5 Minutes of Wisdom But like I said, man, he's got more He got stuff dealing with children He even had an episode dealing with the pandemic So he's been going uh, quite strong with that segment um, of ISBHPK, Five Minutes of Wisdom. So y'all get an opportunity, y'all. Y'all check that out. Uh, also want to send shouts out to the brothers in Albuquerque. Uh, shouts out, of course, to my brother, my friend, Mighty Mashaba, man. And I want to um, send out my deepest, deepest condolences, man, um, to the family of the elder, High Chief Priest um, Ariad that passed a couple of days ago, and he was one of the the brothers, according to uh, what Mashallah told me, 
he was one of two brothers that are responsible for us going out on the street corners, man, and street teaching. Mashaba informed me that it was him and the the, the other elder known as Abba, Abba Bivens that used to go out on the street corners and teach. And he told me some of the battles that they would have to go through fighting cops and Muslims and the whole nine, man. And I want to send, send out, uh, say, a big, big the water to those brothers and every brother that came before me that made it possible for me to get this truth, man, because this really uh, has turned my life around 360, man, and I'm very, very uh, grateful that those brothers um, laid down their lives, man, so I could get it, man. And I'm talking about every brother that came before me and everybody that I've been fortunate enough to learn from, man. Um, man, I just had a scripture escape my mind. Mm. Hold on for a second, y'all. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Let me get this, though. In light of the brother's passing, man, may his soul rest in peace. And I want to share this with you. I want to read this. This is one of the scriptures that I hold on to when I'm dealing with loss and dealing with turmoil. Uh, this is Ecclesiasticus. Well, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes in the Bible chapter 12 and verse 7, then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. So we know through this scripture and a whole host of scriptures that when we leave this place, this place we call earth, our spirits return back to the most high man who gave it. And I am... Um, I'm glad for the brother, man, uh, and his transition because he doesn't have to be here no more and suffer and, and, and witness the things that are going on right now in this times, man. And I'm not trying to be cruel. I know this might seem cruel to people that really don't understand the transition of death because it is, in fact, a part of life. But this is what uh, Job said. And let me get this. Hold on for a second. I got to look for the scripture. Hold on, y'all. I'm going to find it. Hold on. Give me a second. I know it's in Job. No, it's not that one. 
Yeah, y'all, Hasidite just popped in, so she's still reading with me, y'all. Give me a second. Bear with me, y'all. I'm still looking. Stay with me, y'all. It says the wicked, the wicked cease from trouble. I know it's in Job. Mashaba, if you listening, bro, you got the description. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Yeah, that's the one. Read that. Start up, though. Okay. You said it's uh, Joe what? So, y'all, it's Joe chapter 3, and we're going to go to, let me see, because I want to read up a little bit. Start at verse 11. Now, this is Job speaking, y'all, and I'm going to give just the uh, context of it. If you haven't read the story of Job, please go back and read it. But Job was going through some real uh, turbulent times. His children were were all killed. Uh, he had balls on the top of his head all the way down to his feet. And it tells you how he used to scrape the boils off with, a, I think it was a pot scraper. But he was really going through it. Uh, this is one of the things that he reflected on as he was going through his trials and tribulations. So can we read this real quick? Job 3 and 10. Because it shut not up the doors of my mother's womb. No, no, no. Start at verse 11. Job 3 and 11. Why died I not from the womb? So this is Job saying, man, why did, why did I die from the womb? So this brother was in so much pain and so much trauma and turmoil that he wished for death. And this is why he's saying, why, why died I not from the womb? Why, why did I not die before I was even born? Because you got to keep in mind, if he would have died before he was born, then he wouldn't be going through the things that he's going through when he wrote this. Read. Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Mm-hmm. Why did the knees... Why did the knees prevent me? So he said, why, why, why did my mama's knees prevent me? Read. Or why the breast that I should suck? Why did my mama's breast feed me? He's wishing for death, Read. For now, should I have lain still and been quiet, I should have slept. Then had I been at rest. Now he's talking about death, y'all. He's talking about going to sleep. He was like, man, if I would have just died, I would have been where? At rest. He said, I would have been at rest. And this is what happens when, when our loved ones transition over. They're truly at rest. This is why we have the acronym RIP, which means rest in peace. Read. 
with kings and counselors of the earth. He said, because kings and counselors, everybody go in one place. Everybody experiences death. You're not running from that. And I always make the statement that Father Time is undefeated, man. Time is the one thing you can't beat. I don't care how hard you try. Read. Which built desolate places for themselves. <laughs> he said built desolate places for themselves. And this this always gets me. I remember Erica Badu had a song uh, years ago on that Mama Gun album that said, uh, they won't be naming no buildings after me. I remember that song. I forgot the title of it, but that's the way it went. She said, because the building's going to be dilapidated. <laughs> and I had to think about, like, wow, most, almost every building that you see that's named after somebody, it's all ran down and dilapidated. <laughs> it looks horrible. And this is what Job is talking about right here. Read that part again. With kings and counselors of the earth, which built desolate places for themselves. Because <laughs> that's eventually what's going to happen to the places that you built for yourself. Read on. Or with princes that had gold, who mm-hmm. filled their houses with silver. Read. Or as in hidden untimely birth, I had not been. So he was right here wishing for what they call to be uh, stillborn. Read. As infants which never saw light. Read. There the weak, the wicked cease from troubling. Oh, where do the wicked cease from troubling? When you're at rest. When you're in the grave sleep. When your spirit is back with the heavenly father, that's when you ain't got to worry about some wicked people uh, plotting against you, some some ill-dealing somebody might have planned for you. You ain't got to worry about the, the co-worker that don't like you, the boss that's tripping, the nigga that cut you off in traffic, or the nigga that's trying to get at your woman, the, 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 the bully that's messing with your kid at school. You ain't got to worry about none of this when you at rest. Read that part again. There, the wicked cease from troubling. When you're past, when your spirit is back with the Father, when you've transitioned over, the wicked, you ain't got to worry about them no more. Read. And there, the weary be at rest. And all the weary, and we know that this world is full of weariness. You ain't got to worry about that no more. You finally, finally be at rest, man. Finally be at peace. So I just wanted to share that with y'all, man, and um, salute that brother, and say the water to him, man, and all the work that he put in, man. Uh, so let me get started. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 9. After this manner... Therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. I'm on. So this is the prayer we need to be sitting up on a daily, man, to get the hell up out of this demonic, uh, worsome, wicked place, man. Let's get uh, Psalm chapter 118, verse 24 now. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice 
and be glad in it. Good or bad, happy or sad. The most high brought you to it, he's going to bring you through it. you come out better on the other side because of it, y'all. This is a scripture that I've been cutting the hell out of myself here with lately. I've got some, whew, I ain't going to even bring it up. But, yeah, man, uh, I'm in a storm right now, and I'm, I'm, I got to accept this. Ain't no, ain't no way around it, man. No, no ands, ifs, or buts about it. It ain't like I can change anything anyway. Ain't nothing in my control. So we got to remember this, brothers and sisters. Definitely got to remember this, y'all. Um, so let's start with this one right, right here. So tell them where you're reading from and get the title. Okay. From medicine.yale.edu. Mm-hmm. Recorded February 23rd, 2023. All right. Ohio chemical spill. Is the air safe? What does it say? Is the air safe? Hell no. It wasn't safe before the spill, and it damn sure is not safe right now. We'll read on. There is anxiety in the air after a chemical spill in and around East Palestine, Ohio. In early February, a train carrying hazardous materials derailed, forcing town residents to evacuate as toxic chemicals spilled into the atmosphere. Now, I don't know if y'all heard about this, if y'all seen this. It's been all over the news. It's been all over social media. But, man, they had uh, their animals were actually dying, dropping dead on the, on the site, on the scene. And you had people uh, reporting rashes and people that had nausea and all kinds of stuff that was going on, man, behind this. But read on. Although the Environmental Protection Agency, EPA, has since evaluated the area around the Ohio chemical spill and declared the air quality safe. They declared the air quality what? Safe. You see this, y'all? The EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, and I don't know if y'all knew this, man. Y'all can do your own research. But do y'all know that each company that pollutes the atmosphere, they have to bid every year on how much they're going to uh, pollute the atmosphere. And they have to pay for that. <laughs> Listen to me, man. They have to pay for it. And the pollution that they don't use they get to sell it off to, like, underwriter bidders. <laughs> so other people that's going to pollute the air even more. Man, I'm, I, I'm telling y'all, look this up. I'm not making this up. This is the EPA, man. These are the people that are in charge, in charge of this place. Now you get these clowns saying that the air is clean, but watch this. Keep reading. East Palestine residents still reported symptoms, including rashes, headaches, and nausea, and many are left wondering if their health is still at risk. So the, the EPA said the air was clean, but how is the air clean when you still got people nauseous? You still got people walking around with rashes. What else did it say? Rashes, headaches, and nausea. But how's the air clean, man, if you still got people walking around like this? Then uh, I heard the mayor went on talking about the water was clean to drink. Yeah. Read on, though. 
Unfortunately, due to a lack of quantifiable data, the potential short and long-term health impacts of such a chemical spill are difficult to predict. They don't know. Some are difficult to predict. They don't know, man. I was watching something on social media. They had this dude who was like an expert, and he had been dealing with chemical spills for over 30 years. And he said the initial report, through the, media, through the media said that it was a controlled chemical spill, a burn. He said there's no way it was a controlled chemical burn because it wasn't controlled. <laughs> he said if it was controlled, then it wouldn't have been in the air like it was. It wouldn't have affected so many animals and so many people. He gave some other scientific stuff behind it too. But my point is this, man. They don't know. We got to stop thinking just because, and I got to say it, because these are white people, that what they're telling you is the truth, man. <laughs> Our people got that bad, man. Our people really have that bad. They they won't believe a black face, a brown face. But let a white face show up. Oh, like like Mashaba always say, and don't let them be wearing, uh, smoking a pipe with a tweed blazer on with the patches on the elbows, with a beard, <laughs> and an English accent. Oh, man, we believe every damn thing that come out their mouth. Listen, man, these people are not, I repeat, not to be trusted. Even the scriptures tell you never trust thy enemy. Andrew Hong. MD, a clinical fellow who studies occupational-related diseases and exposures. Now, this is Hong, so I'm guessing he's a nation, he's a uh, Chinese, Japanese, one of them, Asian. But this dude is coming out and being quite frank. He's being frank, but he's using different terminology, saying it can't be determined. What he's basically saying, in layman's terms, is he don't know. Read. The air and water quality methods used by the EPA are too generalized to determine which chemicals are present, he explained. You see this? Too generalized. (laughs) Meaning what? There's a lot of gray areas. (laughs) Read on. Without quantitative data and specific sampling for various chemicals, it's hard to say what the exposure level is in East Palestine says Hong. It's difficult to predict what the potential health risks are long-term. We can't say it's safe, but we can't say there's a lot of risk either. See, now he's doing that Esau stuff. We can't say it's safe, but we can't say that it is safe. I mean, come on, man. That's that that double talk, that gray area. They live in the realm of gray. Now, I want y'all to understand something. The place where it happened was Ohio. Ohio is a part of the word shit says is part of the region known as the Great Lakes, all right? And I believe it's Lake Erie that's in Ohio. So you got Ohio sitting there. You got uh, Michigan. And if you're all familiar with the Great Lakes, all of that area and all those lakes, Lake Erie, Lake Michigan, Lake, um, I forget the rest of them. But it's sitting right there. So all this water rotating and it rotates around the world, not just around the country, but around the world. Now, I want you all to, to pay attention to this right here. Read this and tell them where you're reading from. from now, and I was just talking about the water. Now, watch this. Okay. From weather.gov, 
the jet stream. Jet streams are relatively narrow bands of strong wind in the upper levels of the atmosphere. The winds blow from west to east in jet streams, but the flow often shifts to the north and south. Jet streams follow the boundaries between hot and cold air. So the jet stream is what moves the air around the globe, y'all. Hmm, you don't say. So you got all this chemical pollution in the air from from Ohio. What is it doing? It's being circulated or rotating around the whole globe. Seeing this, man. Now let's get this article right here. Okay, from LubbockOnline.com, reported February, the updated February 27th, 2023. Now, this happened a couple days ago. Matter of fact, this happened yesterday, the 27th, right? Today's the 28th. Yes. Yeah. Read on. Hurricane force winds, kaboom, power outages hit West Texas. These hurricane force winds. Now, we just read the jet stream, right? So you might be asking, what what this got to do? This got a lot to do with what I just read and a lot to do with that chemical spill, y'all. Where do you think this stuff is is flying and rotating to? Now, this is in Lubbock. And I I read the forecast earlier for San Antonio, and guess what it said? We're suspecting here locally today, later on this evening or this afternoon, high winds. So guess what all those, all that chemical spill, pollution stuff, guess where it's going? To a neighborhood near you, near us, I should say, more correctly. Read on. A potent front-packing wind, strong, wind stronger than 100 miles per hour in some places triggered power outages, brought dust storms, and fueled fires around the Panhandle South Plains Sunday afternoon and evening. From the northern, now, it says it's in the Panhandle, right? Mm-hmm. So the Panhandle up there by El Paso, Lubbock. Uh, what else is up there? Way Dallas is not too far from the Panhandle. And then you got uh, New Mexico, which is not far from El Paso. So you see how this wind is just blowing all everywhere, all this pollution and this chemical stuff. Read on. From the northern panhandle down to El Paso, more than 35,000 electricity customers were without power late Sunday amid high wind speeds across the area. Now, this is just to show you. Matter of fact, go ahead. The National Weather Service office in Lubbock has issued a high wind warning through 2 a.m. as consistent wind speeds averaged between 40 and 55 miles per hour and gusts reach up to 75 miles per hour. That's pretty damn fast, y'all. So that's the the, the uh, miles per hour rate, this pollution, is spreading all throughout Texas. Mm-hmm. Now, let's, now let's get uh, Matthew, I'm sorry, not Matthew, let's get Mark chapter 13 and verse 20. So Yahweh Shai, Christ told us this, y'all. This is Mark chapter 13, but it's also in Matthew, the 24th chapter, where Christ talks about uh, the, the end of the world, when, when it's going to be. Mark 13. 
Yeah, Mark chapter 13, verse 20. And this goes right hand in hand with um, Revelations, the seventh chapter, when it when uh, it talked about the angels on the four corners of the earth holding back the winds of the destruction. Mm-hmm. So it's talking about the, the the world at war, and it's talking about the weather, man. And I don't know if y'all been keeping track, but that earthquake that happened over in Turkey, uh, what last month I think it was. And then they had another one hit them here recently, a couple of weeks back. Most well, I ain't playing, man. But I want to read this. I want to share this to y'all. Read this. Mark 13 and 20. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. Man, unless these days don't get shortened, unless, I, unless the Most High does not keep the time short right now, Nobody's going to make it out of this, y'all. I hope y'all really understand this scripture. I know Meshava brings this scripture up a lot. I don't think we really grasp this scripture. What the scripture is saying, if Christ doesn't hurry up and come back, nobody's going to live. Nobody's going to survive the pollution, the World War III that's come. Nobody's going to live unless Christ hurry up and comes back. Like I said, the opening prayer, I always open up with y'all. Matthew chapter 6, starting verse 9 on down, we should be praying on this daily so we can be delivered from this. This is what salvation really is, man. You have church, high-rolling high people, people swear they know the Bible, running around talking about they saved. Saved from what? What were you saved from? Real salvation is being saved from the things that's happening right now and the things that's come, the things that are to come. That's what salvation is, man. It ain't just because you wear a dress. Oh, I'm saved. I'm wearing this dress. It's for them sanctified church, church people. Oh, I'm saved in the Lord. What are you saved from? Read this again. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. Unless Christ, if don't hear him come back, nobody's going to make it. And you know what? Esau, he's something else. He's been telling us about the end of days and all these post-apocalyptic movies that he's been, put, he been putting out for years. The, the most recent one I can think of is A, a Quiet Place. Hmm. They made two two of those. I don't know if y'all seen that one. Check check those out. Those are the good movies. But that's End of Days movie. Then they had the one in Denzel. I like that one. Um, the Book of Eli. That was a good one. That was the End of Days. They had one. It's quite old. Uh, the movie called The Road. You remember that one? Mm-hmm. I forgot the actor who, who played in it, but it was him and his little boy. They was traveling, just scavenging for food, and everybody else was scavenging for food, and they was killing each other, and cannibalism was one running rampant. That one, uh, give me some more of them uh, in the day's movies. Um, what was the one with uh, Mark Wahlberg in when the earth attacked, the nature started attacking people? Oh, was it the myth? It might have been. I get the it I might have been now. But they've been they've been making these movies because they know 
they've destroyed the earth, and the earth is only going to last but so much longer, y'all. I mean, the earth can't, can't take all this abuse. I mean, it's just like your body. The body is a, a beautifully constructed, designed organism that the Most High created. He he really put his foot into making us. He really did, man. And the body the body will heal itself, but if you've done too much damage to it, it won't heal itself, man. It won't. Which one? Twelve monkeys. Twelve monkeys. That was a, yeah, post apocalyptic movie. I'm legend. I'm legend. Yeah, all of them, man. Uh, let's get a uh, matter of fact. Read the rest of the mark. Read this again. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved, but for the elect's sake. For the who? For the elect's sake. For those that are chosen. It tells us that, uh, what is it, one, yeah, one-third, one-third of Israel is going to make, that's the elect. And that one-third, the 144,000 is included in that, y'all. And I don't want y'all to think this is going to be a, a 144,000 people uh, Israelites just going to make it, and that's it. No, y'all. The uh, What is it? The one-third is from an innumerable multitude. But for that one-third sake, that's why the day is going to be short. That's why time is moving fast. I couldn't believe it. I looked up like, damn, winter is almost over. We almost in the spring already. Mm-hmm. Trying to get Passover uh, stuff together, and it seemed like we were just celebrating um, Hanukkah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is in the winter, coming up on Purim here <clears throat> shortly. <clears throat> but I ain't mad. It's telling us this is why the days are being short, so Christ can hurry up and come back and get us out of here, man. I just hope that I am fortunate enough, my family is fortunate enough, and friends and my relatives are fortunate enough. To be part of those elect. Read it again. And except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he hath chosen, he hath shortened the days. This is why the days are being short, man. And I ain't mad about it. Let's get Isaiah chapter 24. We're going to start at verse 1. <clears throat> Isaiah 24 and 1. Behold. The Lord maketh the earth empty. The Lord makes the earth what? Empty. So you wondering why all these things are happening? The Most High is doing this. He's using, <laughs> somebody got to play the bad guy. He's using those people we loosely refer to as white, but they really are shade of red, because they're in control of everything, y'all. That's the bottom line, man. For as much as we want to try to argue, the fact about the so-called white man and how we might have some white friends or white relatives. Hey, man, facts are facts. He is in control of airspace. He's even in control of international, not international airspace, but uh, galactic airspace, which is the galaxy. <laughs> the galaxy. He controls that. <laughs> I mean, am I lying? These are facts. I can't, I'm not making this up, y'all. He controls it. He controls everything. You have to go and get his permission to do anything. He's in control. Who's causing all the damn pollution? He is. Y'all say, oh, China's, okay. 
China, I believe, is like maybe number two, but America's number one in pollution, in global warming, in uh, what they call it, carbon footprint. <laughs> number one. Read it again. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down. And it is, man. The earth is turned upside down. It's, and it's so discouraging. I'm telling you all this. If you're if you're a, a gardener, was it last year? I put. Uh, I was trying to get some zucchini once again, man. Me and my battles with zucchini. Anyway, man, it had got to the point where it grew a little bit, and I had some little zucchini growing, but it got so damn hot, and it got hot early. It got like over 100 degrees, and it was like in May. We usually don't get that type of temperature to like June, man, mid to late June. But it got that hot, man. It wouldn't nothing grow. Everything I planned was dying, man, because you couldn't, you, couldn't, you couldn't water it fast enough before it dried out. But it's because, read this scripture again, the, the last precept about the earth being up, turned upside down. And turneth it upside down. The most high and turned it upside down, like I said, by using his instrument, the so-called white man, Esau, who loosely referred to as white, he's really red. He's used him to do it. Abroad, the inhabitants thereof. He's done what? And scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. Read. And it shall be, as with the people, so with the priest, as with the servant, so with his master, as with the maid, so with her mistress, as with the buyer, so with the seller, as with the lender, so with the borrower. And what he's saying is all these people have the same thing in common. <laughs> and that's what we all are right now. You you hear about the economy, and I just heard some mess about them um, issuing some type of insurance for, for first home, first home, uh, buyers or something, but it don't make a difference because it's still a shortage on houses. <laughs> and it's a shortage on houses because it's a shortage on building materials. So it's, it's letting you know it's a domino effect, and that's what we're reading. All these things are going to affect everybody, not just one person. That's why to the buyer, the lender, the seller, the borrower, everybody's affected. No different than what's going on with the globe, with the atmosphere, with nature. All of us are affected by it. You don't believe me? Go to the grocery store. Look at the prices on the food, man. And it's going to get worse. I just heard something on the news. They said that they're finna start lowering the uh, the SNAPs benefits, the food stamp benefits. Because everybody was on that emergency SNAP program because of the pandemic. Well, they just ended that. So that's one thing. But they're saying, no, 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 they're going to take it a step further, and they're going to cut everybody's uh, regular SNAP benefits that they was getting across the board. Everybody's affected. Nobody's exempt, y'all. So you can try to stockpile food and do all the other stuff you're trying to do, but the only thing that's going to get us up out of here is your faith. Do you believe? That is it, man. 
do you believe and do you have a highlight reel of your belief and the things that you went through that built your belief in the Most High, in Yahushua, that he truly is the one and only Savior? That's where it's getting to. That's where we are right now, y'all. Read on. Cure of usury, so with the giver of usury to him. The land shall be utterly empty and utterly spoiled, for the Lord has spoken this word. And you know what that means? When we read that the Lord has spoken it, <laughs> that means it's going to happen. That's what makes him the most high. He tells you it's going to happen, and it happens. Read. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. And it's, that's what's going on right now. The earth is mourning and fading away to where you barely see bees in the springtime now, pollinating. And you know they're responsible for the food we eat, right, y'all? They pollinate the plants, the flowers. That was one thing I, I learned, one valuable lesson I learned in my little amateur gardening career that the bees, so you have a male plant and you have a female plant. And what happens is the bees, they take the pollen from the male plant and then they fly over to the female plant and they drop the male seed in the female's plant or pollen section, and then that's how the plant grows, how the fruit grows, that's how the vegetables grow. But if you don't have bees, to pollinate, and I looked at a lot of YouTube stuff, you had people that was self-pollinating, so they would take the, the male plant, and they would go, they'd take a Q-tip and rub some of the pollen off, and then put some of the pollen on the female plant, and that's how you self-pollinate. But I want y'all to understand, without bees, we not eating, at least no fruits and vegetables. You know. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languishes and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. <laughs> the what people? Haughty. The proud people are languishing right now. Because that's what the Most High is doing to them anyway, is breaking their damn pride. Remember the Most High, it was one of the six things he said he hates. He hates pride, y'all. It tells us in Ecclesiastes that pride was not made for man. The Most High really hates prideful people, and he's working on breaking the world's pride right now, specifically America. Read. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. The earth is what? Defiled. No, the earth is good and plenty right now. Defiled. Did y'all hear about this bird flu that just happened that drove the price up to uh, the price of eggs up to where you paying twenty dollars for how many was it? Thirty six eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thirty six counted eggs, twenty dollars. Did y'all hear about that? Read it again. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof. Read. Because they have transgressed the law. And why is this happening? Because they have transgressed the law. Did y'all know that when you go back and read in the law, man, and I was talking to Mashaba about this this past weekend, I really love the Sabbath class, man. 
and I really understand why we would read the Torah, which is the law, every Sabbath. Because you forget those laws. Because they there's a law in there for, man, everything. I was listening to Kazaki's class this weekend. They were talking about the law on uh, manslaughter. Then there was a law for murder. Then there was a law for um, what was it oh, for property, dealing with the civil laws. If you had somebody, if you bought somebody's uh, ox or whatever, and the ox died while it was in your possession, then you had to pay for the ox. But my reason for bringing all this up, man, is if the world would operate with the laws of the Most High, then none of this stuff would be happening with global warming and all this other nonsense because the Most High gave rules on nature. I mean, of course, those rules are given to only Israel, his people, but like the scriptures tell us in Second Ezra, I believe the seventh chapter, that the world was made for our sake in the first place. So it's essentially our fault because we can't get right that the, the earth is in such disarray right now, that the earth is defiled. And Mashaba's doing an excellent, excellent series on our captivities and how we really pissed the most high off and got kicked out of the land. Y'all get the opportunity, man. Check that out. Read on. Broken the everlasting covenant, devoured the earth. What's the earth? Therefore, hath the curse devoured the earth. The earth is cursed, y'all. And once again, for us not doing our due diligence and following the Most High's laws, statutes, and commandments, that he had to give control of the earth into a foolish nation that didn't appreciate the earth, and all they care about is gain. And that's why we're in the positions that we're in, the position we're in right now. Hold on for a second. I'm going to take a quick break. <laughs> all right, we back, y'all. All right, so uh, if it's the first time tuning in, y'all, I do about an hour of uh, current events and news before I jump into the topic. And I'm still dealing with the news. There's one last article. Actually, I wanted to get several more, but I don't have the time. 
So I definitely want to get this one right here, man. Read, tell them where you read from. From MixtapeMadness.com, reported February the 20th, 2023. Adidas, Kanye and Adidas rumored to be restoring their relationship. Oh, what, what does it say? Kanye and Adidas rumored to be restoring their relationship. But I thought he was anti-Semitic. I thought he was spreading hate. I thought he was immoral. I thought he was the scum of the earth, the, the worst thing that ever happened to America. <laughs> I guess he ain't all that bad. Is it that? Or is it y'all care more about money than y'all do morals? Hmm. We don't. Adidas and Kanye West could be set to join forces once again in a remarkable U-turn from the three strikes. A remarkable U-turn, you don't say. And you know what I really can't stand about Esau is his fake sense of morals. He's so damn fake. Like he's really such this moral human being that cares about people and cares about the world when you don't even have moral laws written into your constitution. Could someone share one with me, please? If you're listening, share one moral law that's on the books in America, please, out of the constitution. Text it to me, email it to me, call in, please, if you got one. Maybe I'm overlooking something. Anyway, Reno. According to rumors, Adidas and former partner Kanye West have been in talks to rekindle their profitable partnership just months after the German sportswear giants cut ties with Mr. West following his anti-Semitic outburst. Now, they still call him anti-Semitic, but they still want to go in business with him. You don't say. And if y'all didn't know, Adidas and Puma are brother companies because they were started by two brothers. Two brothers who supported and backed and financially sponsored Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Fact check that. Right. The hypocrisy of it all. Ain't that something? But they want to put Kanye on blast for being so called anti Semitic. Hmm. Guess he ain't all that bad. But once again, you talking about money. Read on. Industry experts have cited $1.2 billion in unsold Yeezy stock, burning a hole in Adidas's pocket as the main reason for the rumored return. Whoa, whoa. So they're about to lose $1.2 billion? Oh, we got to talk about this, Ye. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Ye, Mr. Ye, can we set up a meeting with your people? <laughs> Well, that was a misunderstanding, Mr. Ye. <laughs> we need to talk about, can we reason? Can we reason, Mr. Ye? <laughs> 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 Read on. 
Adidas initially planned to sell the Yeezy products without any of the branding, but had to fall back when consumers... They had to fall back? Now, listen to this for y'all. When consumers made it clear that interest in the Kanye-less product would be minimal. <laughs> in other words, if it ain't got yay name on it, they don't want it. I say they because I've never owned a pair. <laughs> they don't want it. Man, the power, man, I don't really think we comprehend this, man. Hold this. Give me Psalms 83. Now, you know what? Let's keep, read the rest of the article because I got something to go with Psalms. In other Kanye-related news, the BBC have confirmed it is producing a new documentary and podcast about the 24-time Grammy winner. And I didn't know this. This nigga won 24 Grammys. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Following the recent controversy surrounding the rapper. The recent controversy. And just think if this brother really knew all the truth. He got bits and pieces, man, but he don't have all of it. But if this brother really knew the truth, oh, my goodness. The next. Magnificent works that he could do. Yes. Uh, matter of fact, read Psalms first, though. Psalm 83, what? Uh, 83, no, 82. Psalms 82. Yep, read that. Psalm 82, verse 1. Mm-hmm. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. Now, the word congregation is where you get the word church from, which means a, ga- a gathering of people. But it says that the Most High stands in the congregation of the who? Of the mighty. Of the mighty. The only congregation that the Most High has ever stood in, you can check the biblical sources, <laughs> the Bible itself, is the Israelites. It's the only congregation he's ever dealt with. Old Testament, New Testament. One and the same. Read. He judges among the gods. He judges among the who? The gods. The same congregation that said that he was dealing with in verse 1 is the same people referred to in verse 2, but there's not a big G. It's a little G. And it's not talking no uh, Greek mythology either about the gods or none of that crap. It's talking about his children. But let me not blow it. Read on. How long will he judge unjustly? Now, he's talking to us. This is the problem he has with us. We judge unjustly. Read. And accept the persons of the wicked. We play favoritism. Read. Defend the poor and and fatherless. Right. Now, he's naming all the wicked stuff we be doing. Let me jump down to the point. Verse 6. I have said, ye are gods. What did Mosai say? I have said, ye are gods. Big G's or little G's? Little G's. God, the God, the Most High, that made us. We're his children. So he said that ye are gods. And what is Adidas right now trying to treat Kanye as? A god. (laughs) Why is that? Because he's in the position of authority right now. That's what makes him a god. He's winning right now. Our people really don't understand that. And I say this all the time. 
And Meshav, I'm going to take it a step further because Meshav said that if we, the Israelites, were not here in America, America would be a boring place like Russia. If we were not in the world, the whole world would be bland like a damn saltless, saltine cracker. That's how bland the world would be. Now give me the other one in Matthew. You know what this brother understood, man? I believe he understood. I ain't going to speak for him because he be coming with some crazy stuff. Ye understood that he is his own brand and that he can dictate where, what, or when he comes out with whatever and it'll sell. He understands his worth. I'm glad he did what he did. I just wish other people, other of our people, so-called blacks and brown people, would stand up and do the exact same thing. I'm going to take this one from Bishop Nathaniel. But we don't really expect too much out of you as an entertainer. (laughs) Where we at? Matthew 5 and 13. Ye are the salt of the earth. What? Ye are the salt of the earth. The ye he's talking about is us. Talking about the Israelites, we are the salt of the earth, man. Think about it. All of our culture is around the globe. Whether you northern kingdom or southern kingdom, people trying to be like us, man. From salsa dancing to break dancing. From fried chicken wings to tacos. From damn uh, plantains to plantains. <laughs> however you want to say, however you want to say it, platanos. <laughs> we create the trends, and everybody else just follows. When the when the Bible says in Deuteronomy that we are a peculiar people, man, I would say that's an understatement, but it came because the Most High said it. It's a perfect statement. Mm-hmm. We are very unique people. Nobody in the world does the things that we do the way we do it, man. Even when they try, it just don't look right. There's a certain flavor that we bring to everything we touch, to everything we do. That's why Christ said this. Read it it again. Ye are the salt of the earth. We are the salt, man. Now, picture yourself eating some chicken without some salt on it. It's going to be what? Bland. Tasteless. Just letting you know, without us in the earth, the earth is bland and tasteless. Read. But if the salt have lost his savor. But this is the problem, y'all. We have lost our savor. Because we ain't orchestrating and being disciplined and keeping the most high law, statutes, and commandments. The world loves us in our wickedness. And I'm talking about want to follow our culture, want to be like us, act like us. They don't want to experience the things that we go through or been through and continue to go through, but they, they want to have our attributes and our talents. And that's in our wickedness. Just imagine if we were righteous. It says, but what if thought has lost its savor? Read. Wherewith shall it be salted? How, how you how you going to keep your flavor? How you going to keep your flavor if we keep watering ourselves down and selling ourselves for nothing? 
Matter of fact, giving ourselves away, it tells us in Ezekiel, it says uh, that the whores, they get paid. Their lovers pay them. But it says that we don't. We pay our lovers. We hold ourselves out and don't even get paid for it. <laughs> we give other people money. That's what we do, man, as black and brown people. We give away our culture and our heritage to the other nations. We won't even sell it. We just give it away. All these damn dances on TikTok and Facebook and Snapchat, all that, all that crap, all the new trends, we set them and just give, them, give it away. But you won't see the Chinese people doing that. What they do with their karate? You got, you want to learn karate, you got to go do what? You got to go to one of their damn dojos, right, and pay to learn it. Even here in America, yeah, you, you'll go and you'll see probably a white dude teaching the class, but guess who he had to pay to learn? Learn from, from them. Every other culture. Go to Elon. Go to the East Indian man and ask him about some curry or how to cook some, uh, what's that bread, that naan? Mm-hmm. Ask him how to cook that bread. I bet he's going to tax you. <laughs> he ain't going to get them recipes up. You don't believe me, y'all? Look, look at their teas that they got online. Them teas are expensive. They're not giving away their culture for free, but we do. Read it again. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have, have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. So we sell ourselves out and we become what? Good for nothing. You ain't good for nothing now. And you know what would be so crazy, man? We'll sell out and we'll cross over and want to get white people's admiration and love and stuff, and now you can't even go back to your own people. Your own people don't love you no more. Because even when we talking about yay, it's some of us that we'll, we'll still, you know, talk about yay, hey, big up yay, but a lot of us like, nah, I ain't feeling that nigga. He wore that damn uh, White Lives Matter t-shirt. <laughs> that nigga was in the White House with a damn bag of hat on. And he's still talking about Trump, how Trump is boy. You sell out, man. You can't come back. You can't get your own people back, man. Your people don't trust you no more. That's why I said, read that part again. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing. Now you ain't good for nothing. What's got to happen now, read? But to be what? Cast out. Read? And to be... And to be trodden underfoot of men. Because I heard this dude went and married another white woman. I'm like, dude, you ain't learned from the first one? You just got to get you a pink toe all the time, huh? Pink toe on the elbow. My goodness. Anyway, y'all, we about to transition over. We're going to take a short break before we do that. We're going to come back with the class entitled Never Wax Pale. Captivity of the Southern Kingdom, Part 6, y'all. Stand by.
All right, y'all. We are back. We are back. So, um, what I've been doing in this series, if you've uh, not uh, been paying attention or listening into the series, it's your first time uh, listening to the show. I've been um, proving who the true Israelites are. All of this uh, came from all the um, current events of Kyrie Irving and uh, Ye saying that we are the Jews. What um, Irving didn't say it. He just posted the video, uh, Hebrews and Negroes, by uh, Ronald um, Dalton, I believe his name is, the brother's name. Shalom, that brother. Yeah, so all of this coming um, out of that, y'all, um, and I just started building a class on that. Uh, we dealt with the northern kingdom and the captivities of the northern kingdom, that being the so-called uh, Hispanics and Native Americans. And now I'm dealing with the southern kingdom. So the northern kingdom was uh, took into captivity. Well, first of all, let me back up a little bit. So there was a split, in case you're unfamiliar with the Bible. So under King Solomon's reign, his rule, uh, in nine around 930 B.C., the kingdom was split into two pieces, or two halves. And you had the southern kingdom, which consisted of Benjamin, Judah, and some of the Levites. Because, you know, everywhere we went, we had to have a priest in the land. And that kingdom was ran by Solomon's son, um, Rehoboam. Then you had the southern, I'm sorry, you had the northern kingdom, um, which was took into captivity around 722 B.C. by Shalmaneser. And the northern kingdom consists of um, Ephraim, Manasseh, Gad, Reuben, uh, Issachar, Nathali, uh, Simeon, those tribes. And they were took into, like I said, captivity around 70, 722 B.C. Uh, under Shalom that whole uh, dynasty there. And um, that, that makes up the northern kingdom, and which I went into in uh, a segment of the class showing how the northern kingdom actually migrated over to the Americas, and they're still here, y'all. They're still here, and I brought this out biblically. I, I used other secular sources to show that the northern kingdom or, in fact, the Israelites. So now I'm dealing with the southern kingdom, and uh, I've made it so far uh, up to the uh, Persian Mede captivity, and the Persian Medes came into power around 539, 538, 539 B.C. They came into power under Cyrus and Darius. Um, so they came into power, and uh, Cyrus sent uh, the north, a lot of the northern kingdom back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple. And that's where we are now, y'all. So let's go to uh, Ezra chapter 5 and sort of verse 1. Okay. Ezra 5 and 1. Then the prophets, Haggai the prophet, and Zechariah the son of Edo, prophesied unto the Jews that were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel, even unto them, mm -hmm. even unto them, 
Then rose up Zerubbabel, the son of Shaltiel, and Jeshua, the son of Josadak, and began to build the house of God, which is at Jerusalem. And with them were the prophets of God helping them. So, and it's all about the prophets of God that was helping them. And we're going to find out those prophets were, in fact, Ezra and Nehemiah. So Ezra, Nehemiah, Zerubbabel, his brother Joshua, they were all part of the uh, migration back to Jerusalem to rebuild Jerusalem. And that was that would be the destruction of the first temple, which the Babylonians destroyed in 586 B.C. under Nebuchadnezzar. So here we are now being sent back to rebuild under Cyrus. We don't. At the same time came to them Tatnai, governor on this side of the, rib- side of the river, and Shathar Bosnai and their companions, and said thus unto them, Who hath commanded you to build this house and to make up this wall? Then said we unto them after this manner, What are the names of the men that make this building? But the eye of their God was upon the elders of the Jews, that they could not cause them to cease till the matter came to Darius. And then they returned answer by letter concerning this matter. So what happened, y'all, was Darius sent us back. And I, I covered all this last week about the contest that was held between Zerubbabel and two other brothers uh, about who could come up with the wisest sentence. And at the end, um, Darius granted Zerubbabel leave to go back and to rebuild the temple, which would have been the second temple in Jerusalem. Now let's jump to chapter 6 and reverse 1. Ezra 6 and 1. Then Darius the king made a decree, and search was made in the house of the rolls, mm-hmm. where the treasures were laid up in Babylon. And there was found at Achmethah, in the palace that is in the province of the Medes, a roll. And therein was a record thus written. Now listen to this. This is what Darius found. Read. In the first year of Cyrus the king, the same Cyrus the king made a decree concerning the house of God at Jerusalem. Let the house be builded the place where they offered sacrifices and let the foundations thereof be strongly laid. The height thereof, three score cubits, and the breadth thereof, three score cubits. So he found the decree that Cyrus had uh, made and written because they recorded everything. And um, Cyrus sent us back. But remember, and I covered this last week, Ahasuerus uh, had got some word from the nations that were in um, Samaria, hating on us that had stopped the building, influenced them to stop the, the building and sent the decree out to stop it. And then Nehemiah uh, had spoke with him and got him to reissue the decree to send them back. So jump down to verse 14. Verse 14. And the elders of the Jews builded, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo, 
Yeah, because all of these brothers, they were around at the same time. Haggai, Zacharias, Rubabel, Ezra, Nehemiah, Joshua, we know. And they built it and finished it according to the commandment of the God of Israel and according to the commandment of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, king of Persia. So there's three kings that was there during the time of the rebuilding of the second temple, y'all. You know? And this house was finished on the third day of the month Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of Darius the king. Mm-hmm. And the children of Israel, the priests and the Levites, and the rest of the children of the captivity kept the dedication of this house of God with joy and offered at the dedication of this house of God and hundred bullocks, two hundred rams, four hundred lambs, and for a sin offering for all Israel, twelve he goats, according to the number of the tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. And they set the priests in their divisions, and the Levites in their courses, for the service of God, which is at Jerusalem, as it is written in the book of Moses. And the children of the captivity kept the Passover upon the 14th day of the first month. For the priests and the Levites were purified together. So we rebuilt the temple. Uh, we, we kept Passover. We were coming back to, to, to our heritage, to who we are as a nation. And that's why you read uh, in Ezra about Ezra checking a lot of things we was doing that was going unchecked, getting us back. Uh, to the law, statutes, and commandments of the Most High. Now, let's go to uh, Ezra chapter 1. Let's go to verse 1. Ezra 1 and 1. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth. Now, this is what he knew, man. All the nations knew that the Most High puts in and removes whoever he wants in power or out of power. And this nation, Cyrus, once again, and uh, he's part of the, or the king of the Persian Media Empire, the Persians being your modern-day Elamites or East Indians, and those Medes being your modern-day um, Japhetic people, which would be your South Pacific Islanders. All right? Rito? And he hath charged me to build him an house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So the Most High charged, he commissioned Cyrus to build up Jerusalem, because remember, once again, y'all, the Babylonians had destroyed the temple back in 586 B.C. under Nebuchadnezzar. So Cyrus, this dude from another nation, commissioned us to go back and rebuild the temple. We don't. Who is there among you of all his people? His God be with him and let him go up to Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. which is in Judah. And build the house of the Lord God of Israel. Mm-hmm. He is the God, which is in Jerusalem. And whosoever remaineth in any place where he sojourneth, let the men help him with silver. Now I want y'all to pay very close attention to what he's saying. 
So in verse 3 and verse 4, he's essentially freeing the Israelites. He's like, hey, man, y'all free. Y'all free to go. Y'all, y'all can stay here in, in, um, in Babylon if y'all want to, but if, y- if y'all want to go back and help out build a temple, y'all can go. But if you ain't going, I need you to send some money to help for that. And I'm going to uh, further edify what I'm saying, Reed. Help him with silver and with gold and with goods and with beasts beside the free will offerings for the house of God that is in Jerusalem. All right. Now let's get uh let's go here. Hold on, y'all. I'm pulling this article up. Wait a minute, wait a second now. I know I got it. Come on, man. This is it. Yes, this is it. I found it. Tell them where you're reading from. From GodQuestions.org. Mm-hmm. Now read ahead. Why didn't all the Jews want to return to Jerusalem? No. Re- Go ahead. As referenced in Ezra 1, 5, and 6. I'm sorry. Read it again. I ain't going to interrupt you this time. Go ahead. Why didn't all the Jews want to return to Jerusalem? As referenced in Ezra chapter 1, verses 5 through 6. We just read that, y'all. So... Not not everybody wanted to return. We're going to find out why a lot of the Jews didn't return. And in case you forgot, they start referring to all of us as Jews after the Babylonian captivity. So whether you were part of the northern tribe and you ran down into the southern kingdom uh, before the siege by um, Shalomaneser, or you was uh part of the, the uh, southern tribe, you were a Jew or a Benjamite, it didn't matter. They still refer to all of us as Jews. This is why you hear Paul in the New Testament referring to himself as a Jew, but Paul was from the tribe of Benjamin. All right, so I want us to understand this. So when he talks about the Jews, he's talking about all the Israelites, all right? Read on. The book of Ezra begins with King Cyrus of Persia offering Jews the freedom to return to Jerusalem. Ezra 1 5 through 6 records Then the family heads of Judah and Benjamin And the priests and Levites Everyone whose heart God had moved Prepared to go up and build the house Of the Lord in Jerusalem All their neighbors assisted them With articles of silver and gold With goods and livestock And with valuable gifts In addition to all the free will offerings Now we just read that in First Ezra Right? Now watch this, read So not all the Jews went back home some of them took advantage of Cyrus's decree and left Babylon, while others stayed in Babylon and helped by donating gold, silver, and other resources. So some of us left. I tell you, this was his decree giving us freedom. Some of us left Babylon and we went to other areas. We didn't go back to Israel. All right, we left. Then some of us stayed and we just contribute to the rebuilding of the temple in Jerusalem. 
Read. Several factors were involved in the decision to remain in Babylon. Some Jews would have been too old to return. It had been 70 years since the destruction of Jerusalem. How long? 70. So it says that a lot of us was too old. We were in this cap- that captivity, the Babylonian captivity, for 70 years, y'all. That's a long time. So it said that some of us was too old to go back. Read. And there were many who would have been unable to endure the journey of approximately 900 miles. That ain't close. Read. Now, remember, this is before cars and trains and stuff. So you had to walk or you were on a donkey or ass or something. Read. The same would have been true for families with young children and those who were sick or disabled. Some of the Jews probably refused to move due to the comforts of Babylon. And then some of us was like, hey, I got it good here. I don't want to leave. Does this sound familiar? Yeah, because we did the same thing when we were in Egypt. A lot of us didn't want to leave Egypt either. Why, why do you think the Most High had to send those slaves to make it uncomfortable in Egypt so we'd be forced to get the hell out of there? It was the same thing here. A lot of us got comfortable in captivity. No different than now here in America. A lot of us are very comfortable here in America. We wouldn't know what to do without American politics, American culture. You had Jews in Babylon that was caught up the same way. Really? Many of them had been born in Babylon during the exile. No different than many. All of us been born where? In America. That's all we know. Read. And they knew nothing else. <laughs> Read. Further, many Jews had attained significant status during the reign of Cyrus. They were comfortable where they were. And you see, a lot of us got significant status because, remember, Nehemiah was the king's cupbearer, a Hazarus cupbearer. Then you had Zerubbabel, who was part of Daniel's bodyguard team. So we always held high-ranking positions in, in those many captivities that we've been in, no different than now. Hell, look at Colin Powell. He just, he deceased, what, last year, a couple of years ago? But he was a, what, five-star general? We've always held prominent positions no matter where we've been in captivity yet, y'all. So a lot of brothers didn't want to return for that reason also or for those reasons also. And then it's all we knew. A lot of a lot of us was born into captivity. And even reading this, you can understand by the time you get to Second Ezra, I think it's the 13th chapter, when he's talking about how we took those strange wives and we had kids that didn't even speak Hebrew. Why he was telling us to put the wives away and put the kids away, because what he was doing was he was reacclimating us back to the Most High because we had got so far from the Most High we weren't even speaking Hebrew no more. We weren't keeping the Sabbath no more. We weren't doing none of that. All right. Now I want you to go to uh, Haggai chapter 1. Matter of fact, yeah, we're going to read that whole chapter. So we're going to go to Haggai chapter 1. Man, this is a beautiful book, man. I'm telling you, y'all. You got it? Go ahead. Haggai 1 and 1. 
In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month. Now, hold on. I want y'all to catch this. Who's reigning right now? And he was part of the what? The Persian Meat Empire, y'all. So who else was in that captivity during that time of the Persian Meat uh, captivity? Our brother Haggai. He was there also. Read it again. In the second year of Darius, the king, Mm -hmm. in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, Mm -hmm. came the word of the Lord by Haggai, the prophet, Mm -hmm. unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, governor of Judah. Y'all see that? Read. And to Joshua, the son of Josedek, Mm -hmm. the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, the time is not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. Now, who's, who's the people he's talking about that's saying this? He's talking about those Israelites we just read about in this article I pulled offline that didn't want to go back to Jerusalem. Those people, they were saying what? The time is not come. The time that the Lord's house should be built. <laughs> They didn't want to go back and build the Lord's house. They didn't want to build the second temple or rebuild Jerusalem. Read. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lie waste? <laughs> now, I know a lot of brothers use this when uh, every trying to get some types from the congregation. <laughs> <laughs> be trying to get brothers to, to help the camp more. And, you know, the scripture tells that all, all scripture is profitable, profitable for uh, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness. So you can use it that way. But what the scripture is actually talking about, y'all, is us, our ancestors, those Israelites that were in Babylon, that they only cared about their own house and their own family. And they didn't care about rebuilding the temple of Jerusalem. They didn't care about rebuilding the city that was destroyed. These were real people, y'all. I know we're reading the Bible like it's a a novel or some uh, make-believe book, but these are actual events, and these are actual people with real emotions like us, real day-to-day shortcomings and issues and pride and uh, wickedness, the whole nine. This is us. We don't. Now, therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. What did Moses say? Consider your ways. We? Ye have so much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. Mm-hmm. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. Mm-hmm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. <laughs> So what the Most High is saying right here is, I'm, I'm going to blow on everything I put together. I don't care how much work you do, you still going to be running in circuits, circles. Feel like you're chasing your tail. You ain't never going to have enough. And you don't have enough because I'm making it. I'm making it so. I'm making it that way. No different than us now. If our hearts and minds are in the wrong place, I don't care how much effort that you put in, trying to achieve whatever goals you want to achieve, (laughs) 
the most high is going to be there blowing on it the whole damn time. So you be working your ass off. You be going through changes. You be going through the most. You get this lead after that lead, that lead after this lead. Oh, I got I got a promising lead. But guess what? Only to wind up right back where you started because the most high is blowing on you because you something else above him. And remember, he said he's a jealous guy, y'all. We can't forget that. Just like a, a jealous lady. Y'all familiar with this? A jealous boyfriend. <laughs> or a man, a jealous girlfriend. To where the, the lady at the restaurant can't even ask you what your order is. Because <laughs> she don't want you to talk to him. <laughs> Read on. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, so saith the Lord. The Most High said, man, go up and rebuild the temple. Go and rebuild the temple. And then I'll take pleasure in the temple. Then I'll make you prosperous. Prosperous. Then I'll bless your hands. Then I'll bless your work. What verse will you None. So he said, go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a house. And I will take pleasure in it. And I will be glorified, said the Lord. Ye looked for much, and lo, it came to little. And when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. See, the most, I ain't making this up, y'all. <laughs> he said he blew on it. Why, said the Lord of hosts. Now, listen, listen to this. He's going to tell us why. Because of my house that is waste, and ye run every man unto his own house. See, everybody concerned about what they what they got going on, what's important to them. This is called being selfish <laughs> and self-centered, y'all. And the reality of it, man, I can see this. We still like this this day and age, man. We don't care about what's going on until it affects us directly. Now, now we care about what's going on. Now we got to do something about it. But if it don't affect us directly, good luck with that. Oh, I hope y'all get the help y'all need. Read on, verse 10. Therefore the heaven over over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I called a and I called a call for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the, the oil, and upon that which the ground bringeth forth and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon all the labor of the hands. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Sheateli, sorry, y'all, I've died left, and I'm struggling. Uh, the and Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord, their power, or God, and the words of Haggai, the prophet, as the Lord their power had sent him. And the people did fear before the Lord. Then spake Haggai, the Lord's messenger, in the Lord's, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, said the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel. The son of Sheateli, governor of Judah. Spirit of Joshua, the son of Josedek, 
the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the house of the Lord of hosts, their power. So they were, this brother Haggai, Haggai, Zubabel, Joshua, was able to convince a lot of us to go back and rebuild the temple, man. It says, in the four and twentieth day of the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king, man. All right. Now let's go to uh let's go to the Josephus, y'all. Uh, page page one ninety. I'm gonna get the book and all that for y'all in a second. Let me go to the page first. No, it's two ninety. How much time I got? I think I go to four thirty. I say two ninety. Where I'm going? Uh, two ninety and two ninety. Yeah, this is it. This is it. All right. So this is Josephus, Antiquity of the Jews. Uh, book 11, chapter 4, and I'm in paragraph 10. Uh, no, paragraph 8. So the king was pleased with what he had said and arose and kissed him and wrote to, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, that ain't what I'm going to read. It's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, 10, paragraph 10. Correction notes, y'all. So Josephus, Antiquity of the Jews, book 11, chapter 4, and paragraph 10. And thus did these men go, certain and determined, number out of every family, uh, though I do not think it proper to recite particularly the names of those families, that I may not take off the minds of my readers from the connection of the historical facts and make it hard for them to follow the coherence of my narration. But the sum of those that went up above the age of 12 years of the tribes of Judah and Benjamin was 462 uh, Myrits and 8,000. The Levites were 74. The number of the women and children mixed together was 40,742. And besides these, there were singers of the Levites, 128. Wow, look at that, man. We had singers? That's bad, man. Imagine if all the singers that we knew, man, were singing praises of the Most High. Instead of that wicked mess they'd be on. Anyway, it says, and Porter's 110, and of the scared, I'm sorry, and then of the sacred ministers, 392, there were also others besides these who said they were Israelites. Now, listen to this. There was others who said they were Israelites, right? Now, watch this. But were not able to show their genealogy. <laughs> so these were fakers, man. They said they were Israelites, and these people, they also went back to Jerusalem. Now, listen to this, 662. That's a lot of them, a lot of fakers. 
some there were also who were expelled out of the number and honor of the priests, as having married wives whose genealogies they could not produce. And this goes right hand in hand with uh, Ezra chapter 13, when he's talking about the priests that took strange wives. And he, they, they couldn't produce their wives' genealogy, so they were saying that they was Israelites, but they were really nations. That's why they couldn't produce their genealogy. And this is what's so important about records, y'all. We kept records extensively. So don't let nobody tell you that uh, names and records don't matter. That's nonsense. Read on. It says, nor were they found in the ge- genealogies of the Levites and priests. They were about 525. The multitude also of servants who followed those that went up to Jerusalem, 7,337. The singing men and singing women were 245. The camels were 435. The beasts used, used to the yoke were 500, 525. And the governors of all this multitude thus numbered were Zerubbabel, the son of Shalathiel, of the prosperity of David, and of the tribe of Judah, and Joshua, Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest. And besides these were Mordecai and Sorobius who were distinguished from the multitude and were rulers, who also contributed a 1,000 pounds of gold and 5,000 of silver. By this means, therefore, the priests and the Levites and a certain part of the entire people of the Jews that were in Babylon came and dwelt in Jerusalem, but the rest of the multitude returned, everyone to their own countries. Y'all see this, right? And I pull this to show not all of us returned back to Jerusalem to help build the second temple. A lot of us were dispersed and went into other different places. And a lot of us remembered what Jeremiah had told us, Jeremiah 29 and verse 4. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 4. Thus said the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives. So he's speaking to us, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. Now, where were we during the Persian Mede captivity? We were still in Babylon. The Persian Medes had conquered the Babylonians, and now it was their turn and power to rule the world. So we were still there in Babylon when the uh, Persian Medes came in. Now, watch this. Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. So the Most High told us to do this uh, through uh, Jeremiah. And I'm, te- I'm, I'm bringing this out, y'all, to show, us, show y'all the mindset that we had while we was in Babylon. Now watch this. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons, and give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye may be increased there and not diminished. And that's what we did, but we was doing it with the other nations. Now, I'm going to read on. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives 
and praise to the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof shall ye have peace. For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, let not your prophets and your diviners that be in the midst of you deceive you, neither hearken to your dreams, which ye cause them which ye cause to, to be dreamed. And remember, the other prophets were saying that we weren't going to go in Babylon, that we weren't going to captivity. This is why he's telling them this. Now watch this, verse 9. For they prophesied falsely unto you in my name. I have not sent them, said the Lord. For thus said the Lord, that after 70 years, now listen to this, the part I want to get to, because all the other stuff is like, yeah, we get that, we compute, we understand. But listen to this part. It's the part we forgot. For thus said the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good towards you. I'm sorry, perform my good word towards you and causing you to return to this place. He told us this in Jerusalem. So the Most High told us after 70 years, we didn't have to guess. We didn't have to be trying to do the math. He took all the math out of the equation. And he said, after 70 years, y'all, then I'm going to bring y'all back to Jerusalem. We knew this. We knew this. It ain't like now where we got to go into the scriptures, and now we're debating on if we were in Egypt for 400 years or if Egypt really was talking about America being in captivity for 400 years. We ain't got to do none of that. He told us plainly. Y'all going to be in Babylon for 70 years, and then I'm going to come get y'all. He told us this. Us knowing this, went into Babylon anyway and got comfortable and didn't want to leave and started marrying other women, other nations. This is what we did, y'all. Even though he told us he was coming to get us. Let me read on. Verse 10 again. For thus said the Lord, that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and causing you to return to this place. So I know the, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Listen to this, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an unexpected end. Man, you know what this reminds me of? It's like as, uh, as a parent, you whoop your child, and your child think that you just hate them and you're doing them so wrong and uh, you're so awful to them. Well, really, man, you want the best for them. And I can see how we was thinking like this in Babylon, like, man, he turned his back on us. Man, he kicked us out. Man, he had these little dirty nations. These uh, Africans come get us because the Babylonians are carrying their Ethiopians. But I can see us saying, man, how are you going to do us like this? And a lot of us turning our backs on the most high. And not understanding, he did it because he's just and he's a father. As a father, when your kids mess up, you go punish them. But you punish them so they can get back in order, not so they can keep messing up. But we, being spoiled brats that we are, kept tripping. And didn't even consider what the most high is saying. Let me read the part again. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you said the Lord. Now, if he knows what he thinks towards us, you know good and well. I'm sorry, if he knows what, what, yeah, if he knows what he thinks towards us, 
you know, good and well, he knew the thoughts we were thinking towards him. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an unexpected end. Of what? An unexpected end. This is something that we didn't expect. When he told us, though, after 70 years, I'm coming to get you niggas. He told us this. And we still was wilding out. How fortunate was we? We could have just wrote a calendar up and been counting the time down. Oh, man. This is year 69. We got one more year. One more year, y'all. Get y'all stuff together. Get ready. Anyway, show you how stupid we are. Verse 12. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. He's even giving us instructions, man. Oh, my goodness. And ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart. My goodness, man. You can't get more precise instructions than this. Verse 14. And I will be found of you, said the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. My goodness. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places whither, whither I have driven you, said the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place whence I cause you to be carried away captive. Oh, my goodness, dude. Wow. We, we are stiff-necked-ass people, man. We the Israelites, y'all. We still roll like this today. Verse 15, because ye have said, the Lord has raised us up, prophets in Babylon. Know that, that thus said the Lord of the king that sitteth upon the throne of David and of all the people that dwell in this city and of your brethren are not going forth with you into captivity. Wow, man. The Most High gave us instructions on how he was coming back to get us, and we just went buck wild anyway. That's crazy, man. But I'm I'm bringing this out to show y'all how I remember it tells us, and I read articles and scriptures to show that a lot of us left Babylon and we went into other countries. But here the Most High is telling us, I'm going to gather you out of those places after 70 years. What was the catch, though? He said we had to turn to him. And obviously we didn't, because after this came the Greek captivity, which I'm going to get to, probably not in this segment, well, not definitely not in this segment, because I don't have enough time, but the next segment. So I want to get Deuteronomy chapter 30 now, y'all. And I know Meshava pulled this uh, in his class. Um, but I'm going to pull it anyway, man. Like I said, our classes were echoing. Uh, not intentional, but it's all good. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 1. Come on, man. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 1. And it shall come to pass. When all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse which I have set before thee, 
and thou shalt cause them to mind among all the nations whether the Lord thy God has driven thee. Now, it's like we just read the same thing in Jeremiah. This is back in Deuteronomy. So he's been warning us. He's been telling us. Verse 2. And shall return unto the Lord thy God, and shall obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day. Thou and thy children, with all thy heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God, for thy power, will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither, whither the Lord thy God or power has scattered thee. Oh, goodness, man. And what was the catch? Repent. That, even in the New Testament, that's what Christ said. And the word repent means to change, y'all. Just change. It ain't that deep. Just change. This is why the most I was talking about he don't find pleasure in those sacrifices, man. Because the sacrifice wasn't nothing. We was just going through the motions, but we wasn't changing. The most high just wants us to change. Change for the better. Esther chapter 3 and verse 8. And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad. So what did the most high tell us he was going to do? Scatter us, and he fulfilled it in many captivities. But guess who else knew that the Most High had scattered Israel among all the nations? The other nations knew this. So this dude Haman, which I'm gonna do a class on Purim, was from another nation. He was from the nation of Edom. He knew this. I'm gonna read it again. Esther chapter three verse eight. And Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, there, now Ahasuerus, remember, was the king of the Persian Media Empire. So he's informing him. Read again. He says, and Haman said unto King Ahasuerus, there is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom. Persian Media captivity, y'all. And their laws are diverse from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. Now, I'll go back and read that story, man. But this was Haman coming up with a very intricate plot to destroy all the Israelites because they're the sworn, our sworn enemy since birth. Go back, Jacob and Esau being born. Genesis, the 25th chapter. All right, where was I at? Um, now let's go to Psalm chapter 44. Man, I get, you get people, man, that really don't understand that the Bible is, in fact, a history book, man. And they always trying to say, y'all ain't them people or nobody's in the Bible. Every nation's in the Bible. Every nation. And you can prove this with the Bible you can prove this with uh, secular sources. Every nation's in the Bible, man. Anyway, Psalms 44 and 11, it says, Thou hast given us like sheep appointed for meat. Saying that the Most High has given us up like sheep appointed for meat and has scattered us among the heathen. Like I said, y'all, 
the most has been scattering us through many captivities. This is the last one. Deuteronomy 28, verse 64. Let me see if I have time to get this one in. Deuteronomy 28, 64, and it reads, And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people, from the one end of the earth even unto the other, and there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. So these are all the scattered scriptures that I'm bringing out to show how Israel was scattered and dispersed through all nations. That is very important as we move on in this series about the captivities of the southern kingdom, y'all. So I think this is a good stopping point, y'all. Let me the water for everybody tuning in. Once again, y'all apologize for such a late start, man. It's been a very hectic morning, man. Had a lot of stuff going on, man. But I thank y'all for y'all support and y'all uh, participation in the program. The water, Mashaba, for hooking up the broadcast. And uh, until next Tuesday, Lord willing, y'all, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to please tune in. It's on the power Tuesday. It's on the power Tuesday. It's on the power Tuesdays every Tuesday. And with that, I'm going to say shalom. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.